welcome back to LFC Talk. Um, it's been a while. It's been a few weeks. Um, I'm here with uh, my favorite uh, podcast partner. This podcast is nothing without David Fairclough. <laughs> so we've had a break because we've had some hurdles in in the ocean, should we say, the the life mm. ocean. How are you now? It's so nice yeah, to see you. Yeah, it's good and I'm glad to be back. Um, you know, I said to you before, it's uh, it's nice to be back doing normal things. I've had, I've had a, a difficult couple of months, experienced something that was totally unexpected and I had one or two little um, challenges along the way, but I feel great now and, um, and I say back to, norm, you know, mostly normal uh, and uh, mobile, which is a great relief. Because it was such a shock uh, to all of us, but obviously the biggest shock for yourself when you woke up with a stroke. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily I was at home. Um, could have been anywhere. Uh, I'd, I'd just returned from a holiday uh, a day or two earlier. So uh, had it, you know, happened maybe when I was in Spain, you know, who knows how difficult that might have been. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate that I was at home, uh, help was at hand, and, uh, you know, having you know, one or two sort of friends in the medical world uh, didn't do me any, any harm, actually, over the, uh, over the period that I was in and out of, you know, I was in hospital largely. But a stroke is so scary, and how was it waking up? What was that for you? Well, I didn't know what was happening at the time. Um, you know, sparked off a little bit of an emergency, um, and then off I went to hospital. And uh, it's something I haven't really been able to to give full, you know, thanks for really uh, the treatment I I was given and the promptness of um, here the nine 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 sort of. Uh, emergency service you know where where you rely on a hospital, you know an ambulance to to be with you as soon as possible that was uh, I was very very fortunate I think uh, over the course of the the whole experience um, you know I was very you know I was very thankful I met some really nice people along the way who were very helpful and caring and you worked really hard now to to get back where sitting here doing a new podcast again. Um, what I've been most impressed with, David, is, is your attitude to take on challenges in life. You know, you, you're you just thinking what, what you've learned from this and it's unbelievable. Mm. Well, you know, it isn't something that everyone will, you know, uh, experience. It's something that's unfortunate. Um but, uh, and as it's been said once or twice along the way, the fact that I was a sportsman has helped my sort of recovery, uh, you know, quite a quick recovery, really. not a full one, but uh, one that's enabled me to get up and about again. And, uh, and I've actually been to Anfield as well along the way. So, um, you know, yeah, some of the... the, the I don't know the characteristics that I've I've had, you know, that, that helped me to become a footballer has helped me to get over this. And what I would say, uh, I think you said before, you know, what would what would you say to anybody who's 
suffer these type of uh, events is uh, positivity and um, it's that's something that I've tried to maintain I set myself targets initially I said to my pal I'll be at Anfield next week he said I don't think you'll be at Anfield next week uh, and he was right I didn't make that I didn't make uh, that game I can't remember what it was which one it was uh, I didn't make the Rangers game which I was looking forward to but uh, I set myself you know these little targets to uh, to, to to get to. Um, I eventually got back to Anfield for the Leeds game, which wasn't <laughs> which was probably wasn't the greatest the greatest one to to go back to. But I have a friend who has a box in the uh, the Dalglish stand and uh, it, it was nice to get out and it was a it was a little bit of normality and as I say, by setting myself these little targets along the way, I had a fundraising event that uh, you know, my family um, sort of put ourselves front and centre of, um, and I wanted to be that, there for that event. Uh, you know, in the last days of of November, so um, I've I've reached some good. You know, I've had targets and I've reached the targets, but as I say, I would I would endorse the idea. You have to be positive, and uh, although it can be scary, uh, I think you can be inspired by plenty of other people who were going through maybe you know worse worse things than I I actually had to suffer but you say the fact that you've been a top athlete you know being a Liverpool football uh, club player has helped you maybe have that character to do the exercises you need to do and not give up in in tough times you think you maybe um you know, in football, you uh, you face lots of challenges, ups and downs uh, along the way. Um, maybe that's just in my mentality, um, and in many, th- you know, many, many more. But um, as I say, positivity is the greatest thing. And as uh, I think I have been sort of inspired by other people. Um, I've heard one or two tales along the way and although it was quite scary coming out of hospital and not being able to walk uh, the fact that I'm walking now um, uh, it was interesting one day I was in hospital um, I recall this yesterday to somebody um, a nurse said to me I changed direction at that time my legs were you know were very unsteady and she said, oh, that was a good change of, uh, of direction. I said, well, that was one thing that used to be said quite a lot of uh, <laughs> of me in the years gone by. But football seems an awful long way away um, at the moment. Um, but I'm walking, I'm up and about, and, um, and I'm very thankful of that. I'm very thankful too. And it's so lovely to see you uh, behind the microphone again. But even more importantly, it's more imp- it's more amazing to see you up and about again. Um, so big thanks to to the hospital from everyone Um, and you mentioned the ball the Jan Fairclough ball you do Mm. that every year to fundraise for the Walton Centre and it's just so impressive how you got that done it's it's a room full of people it's Mm. a huge event how Mm. did it go? yeah it went really well Um, this is the 11th year and as I said to my children um, Sophie 
uh, happened to happen to mention on the night that my dad said he would be the first on the dance floor. And that was one of the challenges I had. Unfortunately, I didn't make. I wasn't the first on the dance floor because of ache because I was distracted at the time. But uh, I'm a little bit still unsteady on my feet. But uh, I had a little bit of. I managed to have a little dance with my daughter late in the night, which was uh, you know with all these little uh, things, uh, steps along the way, and. Um, by coincidence, we we this year we're trying to raise money for a rehab um, piece of kit for people who suffer brain and um, and stroke and and a number of other uh, treatments that that go on in the Walton Centre. So it's not something I've actually needed. Um, I've been able to get along and make my recovery in you know basic ways, but. Um, by coincidence, I say we were uh, we were raising money for a, a, a really useful piece of kit, which is going to help many many people down the you know down the years. So, so it's great, it really ex- good, exciting. You know, it, it's it's a good thing to be involved in. Um, when I started it, I never thought I'd be doing it years later on, but here we are, and and thankfully we have some great supporters. We have uh, an awful good. Um, sort of you know group of people who come uh, with us year after year and uh, and when we obviously try and build on it around so um yeah you've got to do some things down you know down the years it isn't all about take 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 definitely not and you have given so much now to the Walton Centre how much have you fundraised in total do you know we probably are closing in on about three quarters of a million I think wow. uh, down the years which is uh, <laughs> yeah, we've had some amazing. great projects uh, initially I never thought that um, you know um, some of the targets we've had some of the pieces of equipment that we've we've helped to to fund um uh, you know, I didn't think we would get to such levels, but the fact now that we've been doing it for so long, I think has enabled uh, you know uh, the event to become a big event in terms of what the you know the Walton Centre's year, and um, you know it, it's something now that I think the family are going to find very difficult to to let go of, you know, and very very flattered. My wife would be. Well, my wife would never have allowed him. You know, would never have wanted her name to be, to to uh, to to title an event on, because uh, she wasn't that way inclined. But uh, the fact now that it is called the Jan Fairclough Ball is uh, is a great tribute to her. Yeah, it's a great tribute to all of you, the whole family. Um, I'm very very proud of you, David, on so many levels. I'm I'm so proud of being your friend. And I'm so proud you are a part of this podcast. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're both Liverpool fans and uh, this has given us a great outlet to air our views, to bring some great subjects to the forefront of some people's minds. And uh, it's been a, a, a course of good, I think, um, the years that now that we've been doing it. And I say it's a little bit of a pity maybe that we've not been able to... Uh, to maintain over the last few weeks, but to, to relief to be back here and uh, you know carrying on yeah, the what week, we do. The weeks are not really the same without our, our weekly chats uh, about the Reds, and that's exactly what we were going to do today, David. We are um, 
as, as you said, we've missed a few weeks, which I think everyone in the whole entire world will understand. Um, and, and we have so many weeks and months and seasons ahead of us. So we're not going to stress about that. But what I was going to um, ask you to do is to sum up the season so far, because you just mentioned the Leeds game, and that is probably my biggest thorn in my eye this season the one that really hurt where I because I've been so positive the whole time I'm like it's an early season we just need a little time to warm up it's an anticlimax from competing for every single trophy till the bitter literally end um, in in both you know Premier League and in in the Champions League and we lost by just not just one point but one goal in both of the competitions you know the margins are so ridiculously small so I've been thinking about that how hard it must have been for the boys to turn around after such an effort of racing to the bitter end to the final whistle the whole season the pressure the the emptiness afterwards from then being left with only two cups uh, and and miss out on on the the big guns um so i've been excusing all that um mm. but then when we hit the leeds game and virgil van dyke lost for the first time at anfield in his career in the premier league i thought this season <laughs> is over uh, obviously it might not be what do you, what's your take well, the, I think the Leeds game was uh, the low light of the season so far. We've had some little stumbles along the way. The start wasn't as good as everybody had hoped. In, in view of the, la- the season last year, I think most people thought we would pick up where we left off. Um, you know, there have been excuses made and lots of, you know, we've all had our ideas about what has gone wrong. Uh Maybe the club have suffered from maybe not refreshing the the group as much as uh, as you know they they should have should have done. So the transfer window was a bit weak. I think maybe we were a bit reluctant to. I mean, all confidence. Uh, well, Jurgen, ex- you know, showed his confidence by saying he felt that we had. Uh, a great mix of, of midfield players, but it's I think it's been shown that the midfield areas have been weakened, um, not maybe as strong as we've had in, in previous years. Um, injuries have struck, which um, you know nobody can can sort of uh, uh, you, know, you can't see them, but you have to be prepared to to fill the the void when it when it occurs and maybe we were a little bit guilty as i say of not refreshing the squad as in, in necessary areas i think losing Manny has been a huge blow uh, personally i was i'm a big fan of of uh, Sadio Manny um and we probably like like a lot of you know a lot of occasions sometimes you don't realize what you're missing until it's gone and uh, Manny, I think, gave us a, a great deal. You know, his contribution was wasn't just in scoring goals. So, so that's been a loss. Um, but you know, we're looking for consistency. I thought perhaps consistency was on its way, particularly after the West Ham game, having two good wins on the on the bounce. Not you know by massive margins, but but still one nil one nil wins. Um, Against some of the tougher opponents is 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 fine, and um, 
we 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 needed that we needed that consistency. We looked like we we were, we'd found it, but then we went and suffered the loss at uh, Nottingham Forest, and then the Leeds results came on the back of that as well. So, but that's a little bit of a pattern, though, David. You know how we are losing against the weaker opponent, opponents. You know we are losing against the guys who haven't won a game all season. Basically, mm. that it's like a little bit of a Robin Hood. Attitude. We, we we give to the poor and 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 we steal from the rich. Yeah, very so. very true. I think very true. Well, is that a mental thing though? That I you think can't it, sort of mobilize. I think it can only be something in the, in the mental uh, approach. I think. Motivation, perhaps, uh, and you know it's 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 said all the time how difficult the Premier League is, and you can't underestimate any opponent, but. Um, Maybe on occasions, and despite Jurgen's warnings and and probably his team talks, the the players have been a little bit guilty of getting off to a sloppy start. I think that's shown in the amount of goals we've we've given away. We've given leads away to uh, to to so many teams, and we've made life very very difficult for ourselves. I think it's always said, you know, get out there, have a good start, you know, start off in the right way. Um, that that's crucial, and, and it has always been the case for for you know you know since football has been played. But um, we seem to be particularly guilty of that. Um, gifting uh, seem teams a bit of a start, and once you, once you're fighting, once you give somebody something, um, you know you, you build their their their, their fortitude grows and. Uh, and then they, they, you give them something to hang on to, and I think we've made life very, very difficult for ourselves this season. But hopefully, you know, this this period, uh, which is a new new experience for most English players anyway, having a winter break like like we've had, and the boys are set to have a couple of um, uh, weeks out in Dubai, uh, warm weather uh, training. So by the time they come back on the 19th of December, or play them uh, back in action on the 19th of December, uh, they'll be really refreshed, and we all know what uh, Liverpool have to do in the you know the next half of the season. Also, we don't really have that many on duty for the national teams during this World Cup. We've got Virgil Van Dijk, we've got Alison Becker out there, we've got Hendo, we've got Trent, um, and a few more. No, it's not like the, the big squad. Like a, the last Championship, we had so many more mm-hmm. players. Um, playing for the national teams. So in a way, the bad start is, is, is kind of protecting our players from playing mm. in the World Cup, which is from an egocentrical point of support review here. Brilliant. Um, maybe not for the players themselves, because it is a great honour, isn't it, to play, play for your country? Yeah, and, and maybe in, in some of the players' minds, uh, form in the, in the first part of the season... Has, has been a little bit, you know, rest, you know, has held has been held back because they wanted to go to the World Cup. Um, Psychology, you know, sort of unbeknowing, maybe players have sort of not delivered their best performances uh, for fear of picking up in, injuries. That that that's only, you know, that's a maybe. It's not not the, the full reason, but um, I think you know one or two of the players. Have not made the international their international squads, which is a, which is a good thing. And so Jurgen will have a, a healthy group with the, uh, you know together 
in uh, in the Middle East when they uh, have their training camp. And um, as you say, the one or two other teams who have got far more players, City, for example, who I think uh, on recent showings, some of their players I think might be sort of uh, damaged by what's happened in the, in the World Cup because they're where they looked all conquering in the in the English game in the English season. Uh, some of their international players have gone away and have looked quite ordinary, actually. And mm. and and, uh, and it's, it's not as successful as as they would have uh, expected. So that might work in in certainly our favour initially because we played them on the nineteenth of December. But uh, I think it's shown that uh, you know city city players aren't sort of you know. This superhuman group. I think. I think that's one little thing uh, that's come out of this this World Cup. Definitely, and also, you know, City has been dropping points. Uh, all the teams have been dropping p- points. Uh, Arsenal has been the by far the, the the strongest by just losing one one game. Have they or two? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry for forgetting because it's been so long. Um, but we are only ten points behind City. And as you say, City will come home with some heavy World Cup legs on, on quite a few players. Um, and we have been 10 points behind City before and caught up on them after Christmas, like, like mm. last season, mm. really. So nothing is impossible, obviously. I, we had um, Sami Hippie uh, visiting the other, the other day for the Southampton game. Um, and he was also here for the Champions League game with his son. And um, he made a point of posing in front of that anything is possible with Hendo, the mural just mm. down down in, in Anfield Road here, just a couple of, of roads down from, from us. Um, to tell the world, you know, we should never, ever, ever give up because there's mm. always a chance. And obviously, Sammy experienced that in Istanbul as well. Mm-hmm. So anything can be turned around. Yeah, of course. I think, um, you know, we all thought that Liverpool and, and City would be going toe-to-toe again this year. It doesn't appear that that, you know, isn't necessarily the way, given the form of Arsenal, who, as you point out, have been the most consistent of, uh, of all the teams. Uh, and consistency, as I say earlier, is is what everyone's striving for. But we know the challenge, and uh, I think it's a case of working to to close that gap that we, that we have slowly. Uh, expectations probably are not... Uh, as great as they were in August, um, but um, you know, anecdotally, the, there there have been stories. I know some of my my you know my ex teammates have, have recalled this. In uh, I think it was season eighty one when this time you know well just before Christmas, Liverpool were twelfth in the in the league. Uh, only 81. to eighty one, yeah, only to wake up. Um, in the second half and ended up winning the championship so uh, with a couple of games to spare yeah very much so so it's not it's not a done deal so to speak and I think you like everything else you set your little targets um, you know maybe the the first battle is to 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 start closing the gap in, in the in teams who are you know you know, fifth, sixth in the group, get into then top four, and then who knows where you, where you go. And we've got all the big the big team teams to meet anyway, so there are plenty of t- plenty of points to 
to go for. Yeah, and also, I mean, there's just so so tight in the in the top. You know, we're only like four points behind Manchester United in in fifth position. We're in sixth, so we are climbing. So I mean, it's easy to catch up with fourth, third, and. Um, and fifth, uh, it's it's not a it's not a big big to ask. It's just if we can climb all the way up and and, and get Arsenal. Well, everybody everybody will suffer their sort of leads days, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, you know every, you have to expect the teams will drop points along the way when they probably look unlikely to. Uh, we've now got to get that out of our makeup. We've had our blips, you know, the losses to Forest and Leeds you know, are a thing of the past, and, and we don't allow that to happen again. I think that will be something like what Jurgen will be demanding, as I say, in the second, in the, you know, in the second part of the season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we are Liverpool, and uh, at the end of the day. Uh, strange things have a way of happening at Anfield so who knows who knows but we do know that Arsenal has been impressive have been impressive this year um, as a Norwegian it's it's um He's kind of not getting the accolade he deserves, um, Martin Odegaard, for being um, this season's captain for Arsenal and really, you know... Um, Lifting, lifting Arsenal's game because he's in the shadow of another Norwegian, which is obviously Holland um, uh, in in uh, City. But Ödegård and Arsenal have been impressive. Yeah, very much so. Consistency has been their key. Um, they've got a great confidence. Last season, people were, you know, were writing sort of Arsenal's obituary. Uh, but this year with one or two key signings, strong mentality, a youthful group, the form of, of Odegaard. Odegaard has been impressive. Um, I mean, much has been t- spoken about him down the years. Liverpool uh, were linked with him a long, you know, many he, years he came ago. He on trial Fif- when yeah, he was 16 15, years old. 15, 16 years yeah. old. And, and so, we, you know, we had, we had maybe an opportunity. I think he was... You know, a Liverpool fan in his younger days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all credit to him because being sort of talked about as perhaps one of the top top wonder kids in, on the scene, he, he slipped out, went and played in the Spanish second division, um, uh, and and got himself back into the the forefront. And all credit to him because he has been performing well, scoring goals. Confidence of being captain, responsibility seems to suit his personality. So, uh, yeah, he's one of the major reasons why Arsenal are where they are. Mm. Um, and, and he will benefit, like, like Haaland, by, from having uh, you know, this month free. Uh, unfortunately, Norway didn't get to the World Cup. But for those, for those, whilst they'll be disappointed not getting to the World Cup, from a personal point of view... Um, you know they'll benefit from having this uh, the, the, these few weeks free. Definitely. Um, moving forward, though, David, do you think uh, when Jurgen Klopp looks back on, on on last season where he went for all the competitions, do you think he'll do the same this year, or do you think he'll take the foot off the the pedal for maybe the League Cup and the FA Cup? Or? No, I think you have to go for all for everything that's available. I think you know whilst we try and make excuses at times or look for reasons. 
as I say, the expectancy of the fans is to go for everything and then they won't take it. You know, in the years gone by, we've, we've, we've seen opportunities go by. You know, we've allowed op- opportunities in the League Cup and in the, the FA Cup to sort of slip by, you know, maybe because the managers have not felt it the, the priority. But I think just seeing how much we all enjoyed last year, uh, visits to, to Wembley, they're great occasions to be a part of. We we love winning trophies. Um, I don't think we can afford to to be half-hearted about any opportunity that we have. Um, we're still in all the cups. Some great great moments to to look forward to. The Madrid one maybe being the highlight. Uh, City, of course, nineteenth of December comes as as an interesting part of the season for for many reasons uh we're still in there fighting and um i think you know history and tradition shows that we love to defend the the cups that we 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 have on the on the table so to speak um yeah i'm I'm sure this year jürgen will have a slightly different approach to maybe the early, his early years and more like what he what he did last year and, uh, and and set your mind on it and approach everything very very positively. And what we haven't even touched on is all the injuries we've had and been unfortunate to 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 carry with us uh, on uh, key players for the first um, uh, half of the season. Um, now with this period, we have plenty of time for them to recover and be back on on uh, track and, and play for us. Um, for the, for the next half, which I can't wait, you know, there's a few we, we miss immensely, mm-hmm. like Diaz. He was such a key player for us. When no one else would step up, he would anyway. He's been completely not dependent on the collective of form. He is, he's always on form by the looks of things. So Yeah, Diaz, Diaz, Diaz is so full of energy. He's crucial to, you know, to our style. is all action style what he gives you like Manny uh, it isn't just goals that you're going to get from Diaz so big loss um, we've said the weeks that we've had now to to rest uh, you know the likes of Firmino will, will, will benefit from having three or four weeks off but didn't uh, that surprise you how they didn't pick him for Brazil on form I can understand why personally um, but uh, I think that might work to to his and our benefit from a, on a personal yeah, note yeah. the same Tiago. how Spain cannot sort of uh, include somebody like Tiago, and then both of them will 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 benefit massively I think from from the break and a bit of warm weather and uh, family time you know I saw a picture of Firmino he didn't look too bothered in the sunshine with his, uh, by, his by the pool so uh, you know so I think uh, this has been a, a, a strange experience uh, for English players, certainly some of the foreign players have played in in European competitions where they do have a winter break. But it, I think it's it's an obvious that you do benefit from sort of being able to sort of like pull back from from full action, get a little bit of a breather. And for some of the players, it'll be it'll be good to have like maybe a, a, a new pre-season um, sessions, you know, and, that, and they they form the basis of your of your your your, your fitness um i think um 
you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping we're one of the beneficiaries of, the, of this break. Because after the break, there is so much football waiting for them and for us all, because we're going to jam in all these games that we're not able to play now, plus a few when, when the Queen passed away as well. So there's just so much in the mix to play for. And it's nice to have some some freshly rested, uh, sun, sun-baked bodies to, to bring on, on the pitch. Well, so, well strangely, we, we've been one of the, the bigger teams that have, as you pointed out earlier, that probably not had as many um, uh, players away on international duty as, as, as others. Um, Chelsea will have a lot of players away. Manchester United have a lot of players away of all different types. Uh, so the fact that we've had, as you you know, again you pointed out, the indifferent form uh, has rebounded a little bit. Some of the players have missed out because they haven't been on their best. But um, no, I think um, this is this. Is, I think people all thought that this was going to be a uh, an interesting season to see how everything would ultimately sort of level out because of uh, you know involvement in the in the World Cup and it coming in at such a strange part of a year. So um, that's going to be fascinating. A lot of football to fill in, and and because of that, uh, you know, um, some of the teams who have had more players out on international breaks will uh, you know they they they, they might. You know they may suffer from that somewhere along the line. I do like you know uh, how the World Cup bring bring people together and nationalities together. I've been enjoying a few other games in the fan park in in Sefton Park, the cricket club, where there's like space for two and a half thousand. I've seen I've seen a couple of the English um, games there, and it's a great atmosphere. Um, but it is a strange one because it's winter and people are starting to sort of tune into Christmas, but. Because it's the World Cup now, David, um, I would love to hear your favourite World Cup memory of all times. I can share mine first while mm. you think. Mine is definitely um, Maradona's Hand of God. Um, you can't mention that. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> but he, um, I, was, I was in primary school and... Mm. I was finally old enough to sort of really sort of have the attention span to sit in front of the TV and just to watch Maradona warm up, you know, while he was doing all the keep-ups. And he was like, mm. he, he just made everything look so easy and he was so handsome for, you know, it, I just could not believe it. And it, it was like bringing Argentina up to the Arctic of Alta, um, it was a lovely little memory and it made me really fascinated by the World Cup. It made the world little. I think, I think the fact that all previous World Cups have been held in summer, you know, bring a certain magic about, you know, your, your memories. Um, but uh, for me, unfortunately, because uh, I'm much older than you, I, uh, my biggest memories relate to 1966 and... Um, I was lucky enough, I was only, uh, well, I, w- I was nine years old. I went to the World Cup final. So, wow, 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 wow. Uh, so in, 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 in those times, I never thought probably the importance of it at the time. You think, well, you know, how many World Cups had there been up to then? Maybe about five. Um, and England, it wouldn't, you, it wouldn't be this England's sole uh, appearance in a World Cup final. But the fact that it has been, and, and people talk about 66 still, 
it's something that we as a footballing nation sort of you know hold dearly um to actually to actually be able to say that i was there and, and have memories it is, it is fantastic i was very fortunate to go and see the brazilians play at goodison park in those days and i mean we all have our we all have our thoughts of who's the greatest ever uh, I grew up in the time when Pele was the king, and for me, Pele will always be the king. I said, I think before Pele, uh, or since since Pele, um, all the things that you know, you see, he was the first to do certain things. And and granted, players of of for me of who have followed on have tried to emulate and probably have, have, have improved on some of the things he was doing, but nobody was doing what Pele was doing. In, in the 50s and, and, and 60s. Um, and so for me, he remains the number one. Without Pele, there would have been no, you know, I don't think Maradona would have been the player he was and uh, and so on and so on. So I was very, very fortunate to be a part of the 66 World Cup. It's so wow. It, you're very, very, very lucky. This World Cup, it's, it's a lot about, you know, the final World Cup for both um, Messi and Ronaldo. And leading up to the World Cup, Ronaldo didn't have the best of warm-up going out, um, slaughtering the club and the owners the way he did. What's your take on that? I, th- I think he, there was method in his madness, I think. I think he knew what he was doing, I think. Um, it hasn't been going well for him. He's looking for a way out of Manchester United. Whether or not he thought he was maybe going to pick up something a little bit more uh, attractive than, than perhaps... Uh, it looked like he, he, he's, you know, he, he's looking at at the moment. Um, but he, he's on, you know, he has to accept, I think, that he's 37. For most players, um, he's not short on ego, uh, Ronaldo. <laughs> uh, and a lot of players get to, you know, early 30s maybe and accept that their sort of, career is sort of not going to be all on an upward curve. Um, but for him, he seems to hard, find it hard to accept that, uh, you know, you have to sometimes be a bit part player as you, you know, to be playing at the age that he's at, I think is a credit to him anyway. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think he should accept it more, what, what has been happening to him at Manchester United. And if he had, if he, he had done, then he, he would probably still be in a good situation. But I think that's frustrating Again, because of his ego, um, and I, I think probably he, he's going to. I think he's done himself an injustice because he, he's not. You know, he, he'd have been better sitting tight, I think, and accepting it more, a little bit more. Because he's such a club legend, he's hurt a lot of supporters by slaughtering the club and and being so. Uh, disloyal to the club so it, I yeah it, it's a sad saga I have to say mm. I think I think fans you know they they whilst they may have the odd grievance against club at the end of the day through thick and thin you stick with your team and you don't want to hear you know huge criticisms of what's happening we all have our ideas and we all have our thoughts why you know club could be better at this or that um, but to you know, fans don't like to hear players coming out really and and destroying the heritage and the uh, you know what the club stands for. And I think I don't think he's done any. I don't think he's done himself any favors. I've spoken to a couple of Manchester United fans that I know. And they're kind of in agreement with uh, with but with with him. But I, I think they're in the minority. I think that the, the larger part of United fans will be disappointed. 
But they're all, most of them are agreeing that, you know, the owners are not the best in, in Manchester United. And now the club is up for sale for like a ridiculous amount. But the sad thing is, in, in, the, in, in all this, we're just finding out that our club is up for sale too. We thought it was maybe just adding some shareholders, mm. um, upping our cash flow. But it looks like if the right money comes on the table, we're selling well, yeah, and um, I can, you know, in some way I can understand it. Um, at the end of the day, FSG came in as investors, and I think seeing what happened to Chelsea and the, the values rocketing with, with football clubs, um, I think they probably thought from maybe, you know, I don't know, looking to, you know, the valuation being somewhere around a billion, the fact that it's now more like, somewhere between three and five billion, uh, it presents a good return on, on an investment. And whether or not the whole of, of FSG group wants uh, out, I think I think maybe there are, there are a few people within the group who would, would like to be out. But, um, you know, I, I still think John Henry and Tom Werner still have a strong link with the club and would be reluctant to actually leave themselves but uh yeah it, it, it it's strange times and as uh, as as we say sometimes uh you know um uh football nothing surprises me in football now i was maybe a little bit more surprised to hear manchester united sort of being open to uh, take over um the 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 the, the glazers had seemed so stubborn towards change and, and I can understand why Manchester United fans have been disappointed because the Glazers appear to have taken an awful lot out of Manchester United whereas FSG I think uh, I think we I think on the whole I think that they've been great owners I think they've invested maybe. in us yeah they've invested in us what's going on here at Anfield Road with the expansion of the ground uh, the new the new the new the uh, new Stand, which was, uh, you know, I mean, was a, was a huge undertaking and great commitment to, to the fact, um, you know, and they they they've tied down, you know, the likes of Jurgen, um, Salah on big contracts and things. So they have invested in the club, um, whereas, uh, you know, down at Manchester United, I think it's it's it, the same can't be said. Although they have signed their fair share of, of uh, big players but I think um, yeah I can understand the reasons for United players uh, United fans being disappointed for us for the moment uh, what will be will be but I don't think uh, I'd be surprised if something happens as soon as you know maybe but are we happy to have just any owner with the right kind of money um, they're looking into the oil shakes, the mm. Middle East. I'm just thinking about, if you think about the discussion that's been going on in Qatar in terms of human rights, in terms of um, just a ridiculous acts on rainbow um, merge, mm. um, how they treat women. Are we ready to be sold to anyone? Uh, unfortunately, we'll have little to little say in what happens, whether or not it's, it's Middle Eastern or it's Chinese. Uh, I, I mean, I think you can 
paint a picture. Who is the perfect owners? I mean, gone are the days when the local businessman who you knew and you, you sort of had a, a readily, you know, you could easily respect because of what they do in your community. Those days are gone. And I think uh, now, because of the nature of football, it's, 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 a, it's become a monster. And unfortunately, um, you know, there are only these huge, uh, be it a nation uh, like Saudi or Qatar, uh, are taking over football clubs. But yeah, I think, I think uh, what will be will be, unfortunately. Um, I think fans can jump up and scream all that they want. At the end of the day, they can only do so, they can only have so much of an impact, I think. But as, as I said earlier, I think FSG have been good owners so far. Uh, I'd like to see them continue. Uh, and who knows, that still may you know, be, the, be the case. I hope so too. I'm, all, I'm okay with them getting in some more uh, shareholders and, and, and get some more cash flow. Um, but I don't want them. They've, they've invested so much in the club culture as well, you know, understanding the club and the club values. They really have. So now let's, let's, let's cross our fingers that... We're not uh, flying most, away on some carpet, carpets to the to the, to the far east. <laughs> um, yeah. David, you are going to um, take off on a little um, holiday. So ne- next week we will um, uh, play a, a Sammy Lee special um, for you all. But talking about legends, I just want to, before we end this podcast, I would like to honor a friend of ours mm. who's been on the podcast several times, who's been on Hotel Tia many, many times doing um, legend talks. And we're talking about David Johnson, yeah. who we sadly lost. Um, mm, last week, yeah. Yeah, you know, it is a sad loss. Uh, he had huge personality, Dave, huge charm, uh, you know, uh, it was never a quiet moment in any room that he was in. Um, it was very sad. He, he, he dropped me a message while I was in hospital. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to speak to him at the time, but I spoke to him as soon as I was out. I, knew, I did know some of the problems you know, he was facing. Uh, we had a nice, you know, he had a friendly chat, as we always have done. Uh, and unfortunately, I was, he made me aware of a difficult situation he was in. And... Uh, I was, I was very disappointed to hear Dave sort of passing away. Um, lots of memories. I've, I spent, I've spent the last 10, 10 summers with Dave in, the, in Scandinavia doing coaching clinics. And um, we, we're great pals. We've got lots of memories and lots of reasons to, uh, to, you know, to think of Dave in a, in, a, in a good way. So, yeah, big loss, big loss. Always full of fun stories. Always time for everyone. And he was such a fine footballer as well. Um, so I just want to send out lots of love to uh, all of David's, uh, David's family and friends and all of your teammates as well. Because yeah, it's like I mean, a family, all, isn't Yeah, it? very much so. And, and uh, we, you, know, you know, a lot of us were very moved. I was speaking to Graveson a couple of weeks ago after, after I'd come out of hospital. And I was saying, you know, Dave's not well, uh, Graham maybe didn't appreciate that he was as ill as he you know as as he was um but was really everyone everybody knew dave will be shook up because as i say his personality was was so massive and uh, and he had great charm 
Thank you everyone who's been listening to this. Uh, we will be back, but most importantly, you're back and I am loving it, David, that you're <laughs> back. It's been wonderful to chat football and World Cup and all sorts of stuff with you. <laughs> but the, the most important thing I take away from, from this week and seeing you again is think positive, never give up. And that goes to both your personal life and Liverpool Football Club. Yeah, most definitely. You know, we, we're all... We're all f- faced with challenges and uh, yeah be positive and, and confront those challenges